For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah. Um, the, it's kind of uplifting. Well, at the same time, obviously, it's sad, too. But uh, there are Marshall residents stepping up to help raise funds to repair a veteran's condemned home right now. This was very uplifting to read. And uh, these are the kind of things that kind of restore your hope, you know, as they say. Faith in humanity. Faith in humanity. Yeah. A uh, fundraiser started to help repair the home of 79-year-old Jenna, a Navy veteran whose home uh, has been condemned. The efforts began after the owner's. Um, and Marshall talked with uh, the, of the Broadway Grill. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, I missed the restaurant there. Yeah, uh, talked with one of their longtime customers uh, who was this Navy veteran. Yeah, Jenna asked for a recommendation of a plumber because she had some pipes that needed to be repaired, which had frozen during the night. Uh, Scott Geraldine learned that in addition to the frozen pipes, the 79-year-old veteran had been without heat. And it was one of the coldest nights of the year. Yeah, it's just sad to think about. Uh, so they just he decided to take a crack for himself, only to discover the tiny home that looked decent from the outside had some major disrepair on the inside. Uh, Lacey had included the ceiling starting to cave in. Uh, we mentioned no heat and some plumbing problems. Yeah, the plumbing completely needed to be replaced. Uh, despite his best intentions, uh, it was clear the home was beyond any quick fix Scott could provide, and they put out a call for help. The goal is to not only make the home livable, but uh, make it comfortable and inviting for the Marshall native. It's such a cool effort. Well, since uh, the initial visit, uh, the home was condemned. Um, the restaurant owners, the lads, are working with the Battle Creek Area Habitat for Humanity, as well as a lot of other organizations and many, many volunteers uh, to assist in building her a new home. Yep, they're hoping that grants, in addition to any funds they raise uh, through a fundraising page, which we have provided a link to on the website, uh, generous donations of supplies and time hopefully will be enough to cover the costs for demolition, construction, uh, the plumbers, electricians, the rent expenses to the house, uh, and also her pets as they try to work through this transition. Yes, uh, she can't even stay in the home at this time. So right now she's having to rent a place until her home can be repaired. Um, the lads describe Jenna as someone who is shy with a kind attitude and who seems grateful for so little and hardly ever complains. And I hopefully would like to encourage anybody listening that's able to do so. If uh, there's something you can do to help in the situation, um, we have links for you to reach out and uh, as well as uh, links to the GoFundMe. Yeah, uh, you can help as well because uh, they're going to be doing a lot of work uh, probably over the next several months to uh, get this living situation back in order for this Navy veteran Jenna. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so good to see the community come together like that. Uh, another great event coming up. Uh, um, there are going to be six cleanup events happening in the area for Earth Day. Yeah, Earth Day coming up soon on April 22nd. Uh, what is that? Next Friday, I believe. Uh, the day, of course, to bring awareness uh, to climate change and to help bring people together to help clean up the place we call home, planet Earth. Um, 
There are uh, all sorts of things going on. Um, we have, we'll go through a few of them here, including one in Battle Creek. Yeah, in Battle Creek, uh, people are invited to participate in a widespread cleanup event targeting the river and other areas where wildlife may be affected by litter or pollution. Um, one happening on Saturday, April 23rd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And uh, they ask that you bring garbage bags, gloves, trash pickers to help uh, help out. And uh, you can also get items there to help out if you don't have them as well. But uh, there's a link so that you can get connected with the people in that effort. In Kalamazoo, they're going to be doing one as well. Uh, actually, a couple of them. Uh, the KRVT Earth Day cleanup uh, will be held at the Arcadia Commons in downtown Kalamazoo Saturday the 23rd from 10 a.m. to noon. Also, the Burdick Street Block Cleanup happens Friday morning, 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. They will provide garbage bags and uh, water. Just bring your own gloves. Um, and a third one in Kalamazoo is the Kalamazoo Community Cleanup at Mayor Riverfront Park. Um, that will be the following Monday, the 25th, from 4 to 6 p.m. And these are just a few. Yeah, and there's a couple others, if you don't mind taking a little bit of a drive to help out in a community. Uh, but you can read more about this at 953wbck.com. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a look at your news and weather. Good morning and joining us now is Jessica and Morgan from the Humane Society of South Central Michigan. How are you ladies doing today? Great. And this time of year, it's always good to have a reminder about the plants we're bringing into our homes. Yes, it is. We've got Easter coming up and it is an important reminder that every part of the Easter lily is poisonous to cats. And it doesn't take very much. Even just a little bit of pollen can kill your cat. So um, it's definitely worth uh, checking to see if you have any arrangements to make sure that they don't contain any lilies. Um, but if you're going to give somebody flowers, it's always a good idea to check with a florist to make sure that the things that you're giving are not toxic to dogs and cats. You would hate to um, provide a, a beautiful bouquet for someone that had tragic consequences. Absolutely. And they're kind of like toddlers and that they would love to put just about anything in their mouth they can get a hold of. Absolutely. So there are definitely uh, some kinds of plants and flowers that are good for cats. And our little gardening group, a volunteer gardening group at the shelter, we are working on um, going to be adding to our garden beds here. And we're going to make sure that we add things like uh catnip and catmint to make sure that our gardens are great for pets in general. So there are some great things that you can grow for your animals. It's a lot of fun and it looks great. Good for natural pollinators. So there's definitely some wonderful uh, alternatives. Yeah, and catnip actually does get some flowers. Uh, yesterday was so beautiful out. Were you able to get outside and do any uh, work there? Yes. So we do have a group of volunteer gardeners, and we're looking for more gardeners to join us. Uh, yesterday, we were able to get out, and we have a, a lot of deer here at the shelter, and there's so much greenery. We sit on about 20 acres, and you would think that they have a full salad to pick from, <laughs> but they've been eating some of our shrubs. So we spent some time netting those and putting down some plastic. Um, but, hey, if you're in the spring cleanup mood, we are still looking for some help in taking down the tall ornamental grasses and doing the other things that we need to do to get ready for spring planting. You know, it sounds like a great way to not only help the animals in your care, but uh, get outside and maybe make some new friends. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. You can schedule yourself. Um, just contact our reception desk for uh, information. We'd be able to schedule you. But yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's a nice group of folks to hang out with and 
uh, hey, it's exercise. It counts. Yes, that too. Um, but this isn't the only reason we're here today. Uh, you also wanted to talk about our featured pet of the week. Yes. So our featured pet this week is Blackjack. Um, and when you take a look at him, he you'll definitely see one of the two breeds that we have him listed as, which is a Pitbull Basset mix. Um, of course, we don't know how much Basset he actually has in him with the siblings he came in. Some of them definitely had those shorter legs like a Basset Hound, but he is a beautiful um, black and white boy and he is just pure puppy. He is so handsome and those floppy ears couldn't be more cute. And you know what? He just has um, a, a puppy personality. I mean, he is he's full puppy. He's about five months old, but you probably wouldn't be able to tell with how energetic and how funny he is. Um, everything is just a joy to him. I mean, he loves running outside to his kennel. He loves playing with toys. He gets along with other dogs. Um, he's he's going to make an amazing companion. Oh, he's adorable. And what kind of home is he looking for? He would definitely love a home that has, um, you know, an activity level that will kind of suit him because um, he is an active puppy. Um, I think that he would be better with kids who are going to be on the older side, like eight years or older, just because with him being a five-month-old puppy, he doesn't really know how big he is. So he might be a little too much for young young children, small kids. And, of course, he would love having a fenced-in yard. Uh, he is a pit bull mix, and unfortunately, those breeds just get a bad rap. So um, he will require a physically fenced-in yard, but it's more for his safety than anything. And um, honestly, there are so many benefits to having a fenced-in yard with your dog, like house training and, and just keeping them safe um, that – I think he's just going to love having a, a great fence to run in. Well, if you are interested in making Flapjack a forever part of your family, we have a photo and some more information up on our website at 953wbck.com. We'll have a link for you to fill out that application and get it returned to the Humane Society of South Central Michigan, which now you can do all of that on your phone. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for joining us today, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you. So uh, there's uh, a new food opportunity coming uh, to the area. It's in the Augusta area. Yes. Um, uh, It was a food truck, but uh, Fat Mike's Barbecue and Catering is now opening up a brick-and-mortar location. Their home base is going to be in Augusta, and there's a twist this time. Literally a twist. (laughs) (laughs) On Monday of this week, they announced uh, on their Facebook page their latest business venture, Fat Mike's Barbecue and Ice Cream. Uh, will be located at 301 East Michigan Avenue in Augusta. That's the former Lickety Split location. Yes, and uh, I like that they're going to be pairing ice cream with the barbecue because um, then you can, you know, satisfy that smoked meat craving and then uh, cleanse the palate with a little bit <laughs> of some ice cream afterwards. Yep, they do Texas-style barbecue, um, and it's actually... The, the announcement was on Monday, uh, but this is happening fast. They're going to do a soft opening on Friday, this Friday, uh, coinciding with Good Friday. Uh, so if you're observing Lent, you'll have to adjust your plans. Um. <laughs> Accordingly. <laughs> Accordingly. <laughs> At this new brick-and-mortar uh, window service location, you're going to find uh, brands like the Mooville Ice Cream out of Nashville, uh, Plainwell Ice Cream, a couple of Hudsonville Ice Cream flavors of, as well. They'll also have uh, shaved ice and some other tasty treats. Those are some good local ice cream options that they'll all have there. 
Um, so that'll be something you can check out. Again, that's in Augusta. Yeah, not too far. I think it'll be worth taking the drive to uh, check out and see what we think of that. Of course, you know, a lot of times we end up over at Finley's. Yeah, Finley's. Uh, they do. Uh, I love brisket. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for brisket and they do it very well. So I'll be excited to try uh, Fat Mike's brisket out. Yep. And uh, yeah, again, they started as a food truck, uh, but now they're going to have a permanent location. I wonder if they're still going to do the food truck as well. Sometimes. It looks like it. I checked out the website and because, uh, you know, I had to check out the menu. <laughs> uh, that was my first thought. But then uh, I saw that they still have a menu, a separate menu for their food truck. OK, so. So there's see. a few different options, uh, but very much looking forward to giving this a try. Yeah. If you want to read more about it, and we have some links uh, to their Facebook as well, uh, go to 953wbck.com and uh, enjoy some barbecue. And your weather today, we're going to have showers and thunderstorms, heavy rainfall at times, winds from the south up to 20 miles per hour, and a high in the upper 60s. Tonight, more showers and thunderstorms. Some could be strong to severe, winds from the southwest up to 25 miles per hour, with gusts even higher. Our low is going to be near 40 degrees. On Friday Eve, it'll be mostly sunny and windy, becoming partly cloudy in the evening with a high in the mid-50s. Right now, it is mostly cloudy and 62 degrees. Yeah, and we'll keep an eye on this possible severe weather threat for tonight. Also coming up in the next hour, we'll have your first cash code word of the day. Listen for that at around 8.30. Well, you know, there's a lot of things uh, for around Easter for, <laughs> for the kids to do. Well, and, and even adults, too. We... Well, I was just going to say, and finally, somebody is giving the adults some love. Well, and we, we should um, thank our uh, Madam President Mary Fork. We did an Easter egg hunt yesterday. We did. <laughs> We did do one, um, and how it worked was there was like a whole bunch of eggs, um, not real eggs, the kind that snap together and you put a prize or something inside, candy usually. Well, in this case, there were some empty ones, and there were others with numbers on them. Mm-hmm. And if you got a number, that was your turn to go up and pick from uh, some gift bags that had been lined up. Yeah, I got number one. Yeah. I got to go first. You're number one. I was number one. Uh, I had originally got number nine, but somebody was kind enough to trade with me for a lower number who had picked up like four different numbers. You traded up in the draft. I did. I traded up in the draft. I got number four and I was blessed with some candy. And I, yeah, I have a bunch of candy now as well. Uh, But that was a fun idea. But there's another Easter egg hunt for adults that's uh, coming to the Battle Creek area. Yes, Territorial (laughs) Brewing is hosting their first ever Great TBC Grown-Up Egg Hunt. And it's so fun, like I said, to to see people thinking of the adults who want to go out and do something as well. Um, It is happening on April 16th. And it's going to be on uh, all taking place within their 64-acre beer garden. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you'll have a chance at over $1,000 in prizes. Uh, tickets are $15 with all the proceeds going to the South uh, Michigan Food Bank. And I think that's wonderful. So you're doing this for a good cause as well. But I, I must say, <laughs> I thought these tickets would sell out fast, and they certainly have. But they have said that this is their first annual. Keep this in mind for next year. Set yourself maybe a reminder on your calendar, on your phone, that a couple weeks out uh, to maybe go and check and see if they've got that event going. Yeah. Again, this is a territorial brewing company. All ages welcome. Uh, Prizes are intended for adults, and uh, they're located in Springfield. Uh, The prizes for the event have been donated from several businesses throughout Calhoun County. A lot. 
there are a lot of businesses that participated in this. Uh, tickets of the event, like I said, were going to sell out quickly. Um, so if you miss out on this and you're interested in it, like I said, keep it in mind for next year. You can also see a list of all of the businesses that uh, donated uh, for this event uh, that the prices are coming from. Yeah, and it's a good variety. Um, some of them are from other restaurants in the Calhoun County area. The Battle Creek Battle Jacks are involved in it. Uh, so um, I'm assuming maybe some of the prizes will either be um, coupons or maybe... Some gift certificates? Gift certificates or yeah. tickets. I, I imagine uh, they're going to be items as well. Um, but... You know, the only thing that surprises me is that there are not more events like this. I know. Because couples are having kids less often. Um, There are lots of adults that want to go out and have some fun. So hopefully we'll see more things like this. 64 acres. 65 is, is or, yeah that's what that's what it says i mean i didn't a, i didn't go out and measure i mean that's a huge <laughs> beer garden though if that and if if it's wrong i will say it's on their end because i went to their uh event page for this so. that's a lot of places to hide easter I eggs i wonder how many eggs they're hiding i don't know yeah uh i almost think it'd be worth bringing the kids even though the, the the prizes are for the adults you can still bring a kid to that if you've already gotten your tickets and everything um, because they're good at spotting stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. They hit they're, Well, they're a little closer to the ground. <laughs> well, it doesn't necessarily mean things are just going to be hidden on the ground. Oh, that's true. Sometimes yeah. you could tuck one up on a, like a tree that's got like a little spot to stick it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But kids, their minds are like, they know where people hide stuff. They do this all the time. So when I was a kid one time, of course, you know, my parents would hide the Easter eggs, usually around the house. Sometimes we would do it outside, but one year... And these were real eggs. Yeah. Oh, I've got a real egg story for you, too. Go ahead. (laughs) I bet these both lead the same place. Probably. Uh, There was one egg that was not discovered. Ah. And not accounted for Mm -hmm. at the end of it all. And uh, eventually it was identified uh, when there started to be a little bit of a smell. (laughs) I I have a feeling. Yeah, that's kind of my story, too. But I have you beat. Um, As you know, I lived in uh, Florida for a time and I would come up to Michigan in the summer. And uh, obviously I was born here as well in Michigan. Um, But we did an Easter egg hunt. um, And it wasn't until the following spring after winter that, that we found an egg that had not been collected, that was very well hidden. And literally it kind of exploded Oh, yuck. It was, yeah, just just nudging it with a stick, mm-hmm. and it just exploded. And that smell, even though it was outside, it was one of the worst smells I have ever smelled in my life. Yeah. Uh, I think you're better off not hiding the real eggs. I'm Save the- those for, like, the egg sandwiches or deviled <laughs> eggs. <laughs> I mean, still paint them and, yes. and do that part. Yes. But, yeah, the, the, I think the plastic eggs are a much better route to go for, yeah. for an Easter egg. Nobody hunt. wants to find that egg months later. Nobody. Do you ever do one of the unpainted eggs uh, hunt uh, in the snow? <laughs> no, I have not. I've, but... heard, I've heard of that. I never did one either, but I've heard that that's something they do sometimes in snowy areas is they just don't paint the eggs and make it very hard to find them. I uh, <laughs> did uh, empty all the contents out of an egg and I wanted to see how realistic I could make it look uh, without breaking it. And so it's it's not easy to do, but I basically used a pinprick, hollowed out the egg, uh, put the contents into a container, and then put it back in the carton just to see if, you know, because I was a kid at the time, just to see if, if uh, it would be noticed if I could trick somebody into trying to crack it open. And I did trick somebody. You little prankster. <laughs> I am. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with a look at your weather.
Uh, so craft beer is still pretty big business and uh, Bell's still a major player. And that is good to hear. Of course, they've been through a lot of changes. Uh, the biggest being uh, that Larry Bell has decided to retire. And so uh, things are kind of changing there, but uh, they are still getting uh, very high accolades in their industry. Yeah, but the Brewers Association, which is a trade group of small and craft brewers, says 2021 was a good year with many signs of the business rebounding after a challenging time the year before. Up COVID and uh, issues related to in-brewery traffic along with supply chain problems all contributed to those 2020 challenges. But there was a good rebound last year. 24.8 million barrels of beer and 8% growth uh, in the craft beer overall market uh, rose. Yeah, it rose uh, by like 13.1%, up from 12.2% the previous year. The group says that while the craft beer boom in terms of number of new breweries has slowed existing breweries, mostly holding their own, many still prospering. Yep, and Bell's, of course, one of those that uh, had already existed. Uh, They're in the list at number six. And um, there's a brewer that some might not associate with craft beer, but Yinglings out of Pennsylvania. (laughs) Ah, I miss Yinglings. Yeah. I really do. We need to have somebody pick you up some. Yeah. Who's traveling? Can you get it in Indiana? My dad. My dad could bring back some Yinglings. Oh, you need to send your dad a message. He's in West Virginia, so he could pick you up some. He'll be traveling up here in May. Yeah. I I think that's a good reminder. Um, That is a really, really good beer. And yeah, I would not have thought of that as a craft beer. But Bell's uh, made the overall brewers list at number 15. And there's lots of popular names in that category. Yeah. That includes Anheuser-Busch at number one, Molson Coors at number two, um, Miller uh, Constellation is number three. It imports uh, Corona, Medela, and several other craft beers along with wine products. I felt bad for the Corona beer people early in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there was all kinds of things. At first, people believed that if they had a Corona beer, it would keep them from getting the virus. Yeah. Or they thought they might get it. And then and then it slowly shifted to, oh, we're going to catch it from this. Uh, I know the factory was shut down because uh, many of its workers had contracted the virus, as many people did in those types of settings. It, it happened. Um, and then they weren't able to produce any. I think the stigma quickly went away, though. I would hope so. It's not their fault. Well, and... Coronavirus was the Corona, original And it's spelled differently, too. Yeah, and it, COVID-19 is not the exact same as coronavirus. Coronavirus is a type a broad of broad term. Right. Yes. So, but anyway, I just when I saw Corona on there, I was like, man, I felt bad for them. They do have my favorite <laughs> Christmas commercial of all well, time. I mean, they came in at number three. So um, I would say they, they held their own despite everything going on. I think they've rebounded as well. But uh, now with the sale of Bells, uh, back to Bells uh, in the Kalamazoo area, this could be the last year they appear on the craft beer side of these types of lists uh, because of the sale of the company. Right. Uh, there's a big company that took over right now with drawing a blank on which company that was. I can't remember the name right now. It was a recognizable one, though. Um, was it Labatt's? No, no, it wasn't. But. Uh. The good thing is, uh, it appears the the, the new company that we that's escaping us right now is going to kind of keep Kalamazoo feeling, you know, the way they have what they've gotten used to. You know, Oberon Day was held recently and uh, went very well as it normally does. Uh, of course, it's a big holiday in Kalamazoo and even across Michigan. And I think 
uh, you know, the eccentric cafe and things like that. And it sounds like that stuff's going to stay pretty much the same. I think. <laughs> no, I was trying to look it up at uh, Australian Beer Company. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. That's yes. what it was. Uh, um, yeah. So, but New, anyway, yeah. New uh, Belgium? No. Okay. I, I think it was the Australian one. And again, I just. <laughs> I don't know why it's escaping me. We talked about it. So. Oh, that brand also acquired New Belgium as well. Okay. So there we go. A couple acquisitions that went on. Uh, but if you want to read more about the list of uh, some of these uh, beers and including Bell's making this list again and the recovery of craft beer in general, you can find all the info on our website, 953wbck.com. What are we, about two minutes away from a uh, chance for someone to win 10000 bucks? That sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Michigan DNR is asking fishermen to report tagged walleye. Uh, anglers are being asked to, to, uh, to watch out for tagged walleye in their catches this year. Uh, they began marking about 3,000 walleye with jaw tags uh, in March. Yep, they started it on March 30th, uh, just ahead of the beginning of the 2022 fishing season, which kicked off on April 1st. Uh, the walleye were tagged across several Saginaw Bay tributary rivers, and uh, the anglers are now being asked to report any tagged fish that they may catch. Of course, uh, this is something that's done often. Uh, people who fish for walleye uh, are familiar uh, with this occasionally happening. Yeah, and the information reported by fishermen in Michigan who catch these tagged walleye is used to assist in data collection efforts. Uh, the DNR is asking anglers to report the following information should they catch one of these walleye. They want to know the species, the length, the weight, uh, tag location, uh, identification number on the tag, uh, tag return address, and the capture date and location. It's kind of like an Easter egg hunt all its own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fishy one, though. Uh, there's a website to submit that information. Uh, it's michigan.gov slash eyesinthefield.com. Uh, uh, but we have a link that will make that easier for you to get to it. Uh, Michigan residents can also use this website to submit observation forms about any diseased wildlife, mammals, fish, birds, reptiles, and amphibians, uh, parks, and poaching. Yeah, and uh, since 1981, the Michigan Department of Natural Resources has put tags on more than 100,000 walleye, and 10% of the tags also come with a $100 reward for reporting them. However, in order to receive the reward, anglers will need photo evidence. Oh, that's will, too bad. Fishermen usually don't take pictures of their fish. <laughs> uh, they will need a picture of the flattened tag, and then they can either keep or release the fish. That'll be up to them. Of course, uh, that was a joke because... Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah, fishermen love to show their fish pictures off for sure. Well, and I have a really cool app uh, that I use called... So you could share your picture with even yeah. more fishermen? Well, and what's fun about it, too, is along with bragging and showing all the pictures of the big fish I've caught... Um, it actually logs uh, the data from the exact moment the fish is caught and the picture is taken, including the weather conditions, what time of day it was, the location. Um, so when you upload all of that, uh, somehow through the magic of smartphones, it captures all that data. Well, wouldn't that share your secret fishing spots with others? You don't have to. You can opt out of the location part of it if you want to. Um, okay. But uh, the weather conditions, that way you could take a look later and be like, man. Well, that, what's the name of the app? It's called Fish Brain. <laughs> 
Yep. And Sounds like it would be some weird game. It's a social media. It's, it resembles. You it's know, like a fisherman social media page yeah, type thing. Like an Instagram for fishing. For fishing. Uh, there's a news <laughs> feed where you can scroll and look at other people's uh, pictures. You can follow people. They can follow you. But then you have your own page with all your catches. It's, it's a pretty neat thing. Okay. This is amusing to me. You didn't know I had this? Well, I knew you had the app. I didn't know all the ins and outs. We've never talked about how it works and the oh. information collected and in, in that. But uh, I'll take you on a deep dive under this app later. I know you're <laughs> just dying. To- <laughs> uh, you could save that till I'm trying to wind down for bed, perhaps. Some that could f- be my nighttime story. Some of the photos in it are ones that you took <laughs> when you were Is that supposed to be an incentive to make me yeah. want to go on there? <laughs> Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with a look at your weather and traffic. 95.3 WBCK. And joining us now, Christine Piak of Willard Library. Good morning, Christine. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. Um, so we got something fun going on this week, uh, the continuation of Battle Creek Reads. That's right. We are getting really excited. It is almost time for the Battle Creek Reads author visit. It's going to be a week from Thursday, April 21st. It's going to be at 6.30 p.m. at the Courtyard by Marriott. And it's been a while since we had an author visit for Battle Creek Reads, so we're very excited. Um, the book this year is called The Book of Harlan by Bernice L. McFadden. And um, it tells the story of um, an African-American musician during the 1940s. He goes to Paris during World War II, and he's in an internment camp. And it's really an interesting story. Um, and there's still, you know, we can have to go. So if you, people haven't read it yet, they want to pick up a book at the library, they can pick it up at the library or they can download it from Hoopla or Libby for free. Oh, that sounds very interesting. All right. And it's we, a great book. Yep. Sounds like it. Uh, also, Little Explorers hop into the library to see the Easter Bunny. Yeah, that's right. Um, we had the Easter Bunny here at the downtown library yesterday, and we had lots of families and little ones come in and um, get pictures with the Easter Bunny, and we have goodie bags. So we're repeating that program um, this morning at 10 o'clock at the Helen Warner Branch, and then tonight at 6.30 at the downtown library. So if you want to get some really cute Easter pictures, or bring the kids by and um, have some fun. Now, would the Easter Bunny let us get our picture taken with them? <laughs> if you showed up, we would. Right. I mean, it's kind of intended for preschoolers, but if you come by, we'd be happy to give, let you get a picture. We're, I think we'd fit in that group. Yeah, I think <laughs> in our minds, we're, we're actually probably both preschoolers still. <laughs> um, but you guys are going to be closed on Easter. Yes, we are going to be closed on Easter. People seem to do other things, so there isn't a lot of business at the library. So we'll be closed on Easter Sunday, um, but we'll be open Saturday from 9 to 5 and resume regular hours on Monday. And as always, you can get access to library through the digital apps. All right, Christine Piak, Willard Library, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and we'll talk to you again next week. I look forward to it. It's kind of a groundbreaking... 95.3 WBCK, and joining us now is Emily Lokes of Celebration Cinema. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. Hey, it's good to talk movies this week. There's a fun one coming. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's been 21 years since the first Harry Potter film. Oh. So the wizarding world uh, of Harry Potterdom has, like, come of age. And we have a new film this weekend, Fantastic Beasts. The Secret of Dumbledore. For those familiar with the Fantastic Beasts films, they're set like a generation or so ahead of Harry Potter and are highlighting the kind of the conflict between 
Grindelwald, who is trying to seize control of the wizarding world. He's sort of the evil wizard, the dark wizard, and Professor Albus Dumbledore, who's kind of coming into his um, leadership uh, in, in that world. So that should be really fun to see on the big screen. Grindelwald is played by Mads Mikkelsen, who brings this distinctive air of a, a psychopath to the role. And there's some layers of family history with... Uh, with uh, Dumbledore's family uh, featuring Credence Bearbane, who people may remember from an earlier film, and also centered around this creature called a Chillin, who is a driver of the narrative, and the Chillin is able to sort of discern uh, what is pure and good leadership, and so they're trying to figure out a successor in the wizarding world world to leadership of of it. So uh, those are those are the key features to Fantastic Beasts. But again, it just gives us all an opportunity to head back into the wizarding world of Harry Potter, and it's beautiful and spectacular, and just a great immersive fun film. If I'm not, you know, it's like a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> this is the third of the Fantastic Beasts films. Uh, there's been two other ones right over the last. That's right. Yeah, and my son loves them because Newt Scamander, who's this magizoologist who gets entrusted with a lot of the key missions in these films, is a very relatable uh, character to him of being kind of a little bit offbeat, loving animals, loving nature, and his sort of approach to, to doing magic and engaging with the dark forces is, is one that I think a lot of kids can appreciate. And it looks like there's something else coming to the box office. That's true. We have an unusual film this weekend. It's called Father Stew. Um, it's uh, starring Mark Wahlberg, and it's an R-rated drama. It's an interesting combination of a film because it's a faith-based film that's rated R. It's based on a true story, I've seen it. I think it's wonderful. I think it's tremendous storytelling. It's about a guy who's kind of an amateur boxer who needs to exit that world because of an injury and essentially makes this big, what some view as being an improbable and idealistic move to Hollywood, seeking fame and fortune. Uh, and well, he's, he's uh, kind of working in a grocery store encounters. Uh, a woman who he gets a crush on and falls in love and decides he wants to, you know, impress her by going to church. And that sets him on a trajectory of deciding he wants to be a priest. And so I think uh, audiences can kind of wrestle with what his motivations are, but it ends up being just a really, really beautiful story. And I would say it's, it's very uh, engaging and, and uh, worth seeing. So what is it in this movie that qualifies it for the R rating? Uh, just out of curiosity. Largely gritty language. Ah. I, I would I would say you know he's he's got a he's got a character that's coming from sort of a gritty background and and I think that's largely what drives our rating. Gotcha. And there's some other news this week as well. Yeah, you know more broadly for West Michigan, we have our drive-in theater opening next week in Muskegon. So for folks who are ready to like kick into spring, kick into summer, that's a whole different movie-going experience. Uh, so that opens on April twenty and will be open for the remainder of the spring and the summer. It's definitely worth a seasonal trek at least uh, because it is movie going in a whole different experiential way. I love just going barefoot in the summertime, the walk to the concession stand, setting up camp by my car with hammocks and everything else. So uh, check out the drive-in. There's, you know, we're, we're kind of being wishful with our warm weather thinking right now. Keep <laughs> yeah. cozy up in your car. <laughs> seems like drive-in movies in general have uh, kind of resurged and are popular again for families 
uh, to do like they they were a long time ago. And it's, it's nice to see this option. I always thought it was a fantastic idea. I never knew why it went away. It's so fun. It's a little difficult in Michigan because our dark, um, our, you know, the evening dark doesn't set in until fairly late in the summertime nights when it's warm enough to go out. And so we have a little bit of an interesting equation here, but it's so, it's so magical. I, um, I love the drive-in and it, some of my most memorable movie going experiences have been there. Well, thank you so much. Emily Lokes of Celebration Cinema, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Have a great morning and see you at the movies. All right, 95.3 WBCK, uh, starting to wrap it up on this Wednesday morning. Um, we are keeping an eye on a potential severe weather situation, um, a chance this evening. Now, it's it looks like there's going to be two rounds of storms today. That's what's in the forecast. And the first one's not expected to be strong to severe. Uh, there could be maybe an isolated one, I suppose. But it's the ones moving in this evening uh, that are the biggest concern. Uh, we have a cold front moving through. Yeah, but besides the storms, it's going to get cold again after this. <laughs> I know. Why they got to do that? Why? why Why is Mother Nature playing and toying with us like this? Yeah. yeah. But um, the, the concerning part is the fast-moving storms this evening could bring some damaging winds up to or over 60 miles an hour. There's a concern for potential large hail. Um, heavy rainfall, and even a slight risk for tornadoes. Yes, and uh, the latest information coming from the National Weather Service shows around 1 p.m. Uh, we'll likely be experiencing uh, that first round of storms. And then uh, around 6 p.m., the second possibly uh, more powerful set of storms will start moving into southwest Michigan. So uh, just uh, keep that umbrella handy today. Yeah, absolutely. And I uh, have a plan should things turn severe. Uh, just make sure you're able to be in a safe place. And your weather today, showers, thunderstorms likely, heavy rainfall at times, winds from the south up to 20 miles per hour and a high in the upper 60s. Tonight, more showers, thunderstorms that could be strong to severe, very windy and a low near 40 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and windy, becoming partly cloudy in the evening with a high in the mid 50s. Right now, it is mostly cloudy and 63 degrees. And uh, have a safe Wednesday again as we navigate the storms. Lacey and I will be back with you uh, to kick off Friday Eve tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.